Hey there. Welcome back to the uh, Yamcast. My name is Erica. And I'm Chris. And what we like to do here is we like to pour into young adults, college students, even high school students. But you know what? Anyone. We like to pour into anyone. We do. To be honest. And we like to do that through looking at books of the Bible. Yeah. And as we look through the books of the Bible, questions might arise or thoughts might pop up. and you, Or you might get a cool poll that you want to fill out on our social yes. media pages. So the Yamcast on Instagram and Facebook and then yamcastpod at gmail.com. Snuck it in there. Getting it in there at the very end. Yes, ma'am. So we thought it would be good to recap the last two books that we've done, Colossians and yeah. Philemon, because we've been going through these books. Well, Philemon not as long because Philemon's not as long. It's short. But we've been going through Colossians, I looked, since October. So we thought it might be valuable for us to kind of remind everyone of everything that is happening in that book. Yeah, because I think there's an assumption that we even remember what we talked about. And, and that's not always the case. That's not always the case. So if we don't necessarily remember everything we've said, you definitely don't remember everything we've said, unless you are the most amazing listeners in the world, which I know which you are. you are. So <laughs> you don't even need this recap. Totally. Totally. So a good way to help us start with the recap is going through those basics of the who, what, where, when, why, how. Yeah. You are a teacher. I am. And that's a good thing. It's easy. Love it. So, so who, start so, with the who. Yeah. Who is uh, Paul? <laughs> All right. We're done. No. No. But I mean, Paul is is an apostle who, which means sent one. And he has, he has started churches all around the Mediterranean Sea. That's not even accurate. I shouldn't say all around. He has planted churches on the northern part of the Mediterranean Sea. Because we don't know of him going to like Egypt. Yeah. He should have, but he didn't. Uh, so, yeah, Paul's planted churches in Asia Minor. He's moved over to Macedonia. He's been in jail in Rome. And he's planted churches in all of those places, including a few even in Israel. So there's something really beautiful about that. And now he's writing to people, right? Yeah, he's writing to, this is another part of the who, writing to right. the Christ followers in Colossae. And, I mean, specifically a specific church. The Not church. necessarily to like, because there could be other churches, right? I think there's just the one. I think there might actually be multiple house churches. This comes back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. in the beginning of Philemon. The question is, does that woman have a house church as well? Does Philemon have a house church as well? He could be right into the churches in the churches in Colossae and be talking so about a number of house churches. They could have had a little powwow to get together. Yes, probably shouldn't have said powwow. It's sure you should. It's not as sure big. It's not as big a town as say Ephesus or Corinth. So there may not there may be less of a chance of multiple churches, but we know that Paul is planting churches, sometimes multiple churches, even in the same town mm-hmm. or city. So it's possible. Who knows? So yeah, so he's writing to Colossae believers, yep. and then he's also writing a letter to Philemon, yep. who is a wealthy slave owner who has a church meeting in his house. So that would be our who. Yeah, and many people, yeah, believe that all of those letters are are delivered at the same time which we'll get into in a little while. Mm-hmm. All right, so then where are we talking about? So Paul is in Rome, yep. right, in yep. prison. So that's where he is. Yes. 
And Colossae, I mean, you said Asia Minor, which I know what Asia Minor is because I'm also a teacher and taught that. But a lot of people are probably like, I have no idea what Asia Minor is because you hear Asia and you think all the way over to the to the east. Usually you think far Asia. Yes. Right. Whereas this is modern day Turkey. Correct. Where you might also say, I don't know what that means either, <laughs> which I understand. Fair enough. But that is the northern part, northwestern part of the Mediterranean. Right? Northwestern from Israel. Yes, you're yes. totally right. But it's if, if we were looking at the whole Mediterranean, technically the northwestern part would be Spain. Oh, sorry, northeastern. Yeah, northeastern. No, northeastern. Yeah, okay, sorry. I'm with you now. You yeah. Know, no, so some I hey, I still I, have to do never eat soggy Wheaties. I so. do it all the time where I'm <laughs> driving somewhere and I'm like, I'm heading east. I'm like, no, I'm definitely heading west. I can see the sun setting, so I'm obviously yes. messed it up. So no, no, east. Yes. yes. Perfect. Northeastern yes. Northeast. part, yes. right next Thank to the Black you. Sea. Yes. So modern day Turkey, which is just south of some of the nations that broke away from Russia after the Steel Curtain fell. Mm-hmm. So, or the Iron Curtain, I think. Um, so if you look yeah. at that, you know, you've got Ukraine and some of those others are just north of Turkey. And then if you were to head straight north from where Colossi is, you're almost in like the Romania, Bulgaria, well, not quite, but close. So mm-hmm. if you're just kind of imagining like Eastern Europe and Western Asia, that, that corridor right there yeah. covers Turkey, which is technically an Asian country, if you're looking at the continents. Yeah. All right. Everyone just fell asleep. I know. Sorry. I love that stuff. So do I. It's kind of hard on a podcast if you don't have a map in front of you, though. It is. It's like, um. Uh, Stop talking. (laughs) So. um, Let's talk about maps more, Eric. No, I'm kidding. Can we? Let's do another. We're going to create a whole other podcast. (laughs) Podcast. A podcast. That's what it should be called. That would be the podcast. least listened to podcast ever. But I would enjoy this is it us thoroughly. Reading a map. And just west. Where are we going today, Chris? Just west of Colossi is a, a city called. Well, Eph- if you sound like that, it's a that city called exciting. Ephesus. And just. <laughs> All right, so when was this written? So I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Google is always right. Totes. I also know that these. There are lots of different scholars that say late, early, like they have lots of different thoughts. Google believed that it is written in 62 AD. What are your thoughts on what Google says? Sure. (laughs) No, there's the reason why the date like 62 AD would be thrown out is it's believed that this is near the end of Paul's life. But even then, we don't exactly know when Paul's life Ended. ended per se because all we have is the end of acts where it just says and then paul's in rome but we know paul's in jail in rome for a number of years and most of us believe paul actually got out of jail went and did another missionary journey oh, okay and wrote romans during the middle of that because he says i'm on my way to spain how do you go to spain through rome if you're in jail yeah so if he ever made it to spain which is a huge debate in church scholarship uh it's possible that he then got imprisoned again, and that's when he died. So some believe this is the very last imprisonment. Some think this is the one before the last one, mm-hmm. but both are in, are in Rome. So no one knows, but that's where the date 62 AD comes from. It's near the end of his life, not quite the end, but close. Yeah. Again, right. everyone just fell asleep again. So. I know, sorry. So why is he writing the letter? So Paul, Paul's never actually been to Colossae. Correct. Never visited these people, has not... He might know some of them, but right. he has never actually been there. He, if he would know them, it's because they somehow came in contact with him in his journeys. 
So why he's writing it is Paul received word about the church in Colossae, likely from Epaphras. We've kind of said that he... He's in jail. He's in jail. With Paul. But he somehow... Like, they, they know Epaphras in Colossae. Yeah. So maybe he brought the, the news, or Onesimus could have brought the news, that their, their theology is a little off. They're kind of trying to add something to what Jesus did. Right. That there's other criterion that needs to be checked off for your salvation or for whatever it might be. So he's really writing this to kind of negate that and to kind of show them that that's not, that's not true. That it is not Jesus plus anything. It is Jesus equals everything. Like that's all it is. It's yeah. just Jesus. That's a good math problem. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Equals everything. I like it. Yeah, so that's why Colossae was written, or Colossians was written. Yeah, and similarly, 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 uh, Philemon is is right around the same time, and it's an individual in the church in Colossae who has this runaway slave named Onesimus that we've talked about, and Paul's writing to say something about what to do with Onesimus once Philemon has this runaway slave back in his home. So then the question becomes, all right, were these letters delivered together? Uh, Some have speculated that because of the end of Philemon, Paul says, I'm coming to see you hopefully soon. That's why most people believe this isn't the last of the imprisonments, that this is Mm. the second to last. And maybe he's nearing the end of that. And he's saying, I'm going to stop by Colossae my way back to Antioch, where I'm from, you know, or where he started his missionary journeys. And he's like, I'm heading that way. I'm going to see you. And uh, so then you go, all right, well, so what's he going to do with this runaway slave? And that's exactly the deal that's dealt with in the book of Philemon. Mm-hmm. So these two letters are companions to one another. I believe they were delivered at the exact same time. I also believe that they had the letters at least to the, the Laodiceans, because it says, go to read this letter to the Laodiceans and have the Laodicean letter read amongst yourselves. And it's possible that he also wrote Ephesians at the same time, because there's a very similar theory or, or writing in the midst of all of it. So if you just imagine all these letters are together, some have suggested the Laodicean letter is the Ephesian letter. Some have suggested that there's three different letters. Who knows? Yeah. Again, the unknown crazy talk that nobody really cares about. But these are things we talked about on the podcast for the last few months, and we just wanted to circle back and mm-hmm. kind of deal with it. So what did he actually advocate? So in the beginning of Colossians, Paul is really making the case very hard, but you don't really have to all that hard because the case is true for why Jesus is the only thing that you need. He really goes into the, su- the supremacy, supremacy, supremacy mm-hmm. of Christ, just that God fully dwelled in him. He is God, all of those things, and he died and rose again. And nothing else needs to be added mm-hmm. for your salvation. Jesus did it all. Then um, more into chapter 2, he really goes into not not judging other people based on if they want to keep some of those older festivals. So we kind of talked about how there's probably a mix of Jew and Gentile and Obviously, Jews have, from the Old Testament, lots of different festivals, lots of different dietary restrictions and whatnot. And he's kind of saying, you don't need to adhere to those, but if you choose to adhere to those, it's fine. Just don't look down on other people if they're either choosing or not choosing. Mm -hmm. It's fine either way. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not the important thing anymore. So that's what he kind of goes through in one and two, very briefly. Nailed it. That's the first two chapters of Colossians put. 
wonderfully. So then if we turn the corner then on Colossians, if chapters 1 and 2 are this is what Christ has done for you, chapters 3 and 4 really become since Christ has done those things in chapters 1 and 2, this is how you live, right? Yeah, which is what Paul does almost in all of his letters. Yes. He, I mean, we've kind of talked about this too. Like he doesn't just come right out and say the issue. He really lays the groundwork. But a lot of times for you to figure it out on your own, it's not, he doesn't really answer a ton of questions. Like he's Mm -hmm. not sitting there talking about what the actual issue is. He's saying, this is the truth. Now this is what it means for you. And now you can kind of choose what's, what, to do with your totally. some of your problems. So he gets far more practical, obviously, in three and four with what how we're actually living. So since, yeah, Jesus did all of these things and you follow him, then you need to let go of that old self and habits and put on the new ones. And so he, I mean, a lot of them are obvious, like put away the malicious talk, put away the idolatry, put away the covetousness, like put away all of those things and put on the new things of humility and love and respect. And then in, um, in verse 4, in uh, chapter 4, he really starts to dive into what that then looks like in your household. Right. It's even more specific where he talks about that husband needs to love their wi- need to love their wives and not be harsh with them. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Servants, obey your earthly masters because you are really working for your heavenly master. And then the same thing with that is masters, you need to treat your servants justly and fairly because you actually also have a master that you're serving. So, mm-hmm. which is beautiful to put for both of them that you're both serving a master mm-hmm. that's not of this world. So you need to act accordingly. Totally. And the key in chapter three is... Verse 17 and verse 23, right? Do everything that you do as unto the Lord, Mm -hmm. not for men. So it's said slightly differently in both of those verses, but really the concept there is over and over again, because Christ has done those things for you and in you in chapters 1 and 2, because that's the case, now everything you do is different. So you don't see yourself as a worker. You see yourself as a Christ follower who is a worker, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. You don't see yourself as a spouse. You see yourself as a Christ follower who is married to some, you know, someone, such and such. So it's a beautiful thing. And then he closes it all off in chapter four with these closing remarks, right? Yeah. That just kind of have a list of commands. Yes. Yes. So in at the end of that, he really goes into keep praying, be watchful. Be thankful, uh, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, which we really talked a, a lot about because I think that's really relevant. Prevalent? Yeah. Prevalent? Prevalent and relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, sometimes, you know, when you say things, you're like, I mix words up right. together. I put them together all the time and you yeah. end up with weird words that nobody cares about. And then I'm like, wait about. a second. But it just seems very applicable to what we're going through yeah. today and just how divisive it feels like today is and... That's not, as Christ followers, how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be divisive. Even with the outsider, we're still supposed to be reaching out. We're still supposed to be listening and and not building just walls, for lack of a better term, because we're scared of what they might do. Right. We're actually, we should be secure enough where we're reaching out and talking with them. And so... So, yeah, and then and then as he does it all at the end of his letters, he's like, and here are all the folks that I'm with, and they all send good regards. Paul's posse. <laughs> yeah. Paul's posse of disciple-making 
missional thinkers. Mm-hmm. And you love reading that list because then you go, all right, who do I have in my life that thinks like that and acts like that? Yeah. And I've had groups like this in my life where they just think all this stuff all the time. All they want to talk about is Jesus. I love those groups. I love having groups of people around me that just want to talk about Jesus all the time. Uh, some people might get annoyed by it, but it's like, that's, no, that's what you're supposed to be yeah. surrounding yourself with. So if you don't have a discipleship pod, <laughs> pod. a bunch of whales, uh, <laughs> you know, that you're surrounding yourself with, you, you're, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. You need that. So again, we talked about the fact that there's multiple letters delivered at the same time. One of them is to Philemon. So how would you review Philemon quick? So Paul, and this is a very small letter. Short, yes. Um, it doesn't even have chapters. It is one chapter. So Paul is appealing to Philemon for Onesimus, his slave, that Philemon will do what is right and almost set an example for the congregation that's meeting in his house as to how to treat slaves and servants. But even more so, like, how are you supposed to live as a Christ follower which we talked about, you're supposed to be, as in Colossians, letting go of that old self and picking up this new self where you're constantly questioning different things about what that old self was and how yep. that's going to look in the new self. I mean, how how we forgive people as mm-hmm. Christ asks us to forgive because Onesimus ran away. That is a high offense. Death is what should be happening. And that is not what Paul is appealing for. Paul is appealing for forgiveness above and beyond maybe even the releasing of slaves. So Philemon is really like the actual putting into practice of Colossians. Are you going to be able to actually do this, this sacrificial living and loving others deeply at the expense and a lot of times of your own ego with Philemon would be his ego. Um, With a lot of us, it's my time or my energy or my money. Like, are you going to be able to almost lower yourself and be humble realizing that we actually are all equals in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. That's a great recap of Philemon, which kind of leaves us then to, okay, so what do we do with all of this? And how I wanted to approach this review is just to create a scenario and then sort of talk it through. It is going to be a little different than the Philemon scenario because we don't have all the details with Philemon. And this is a totally... Just for the purposes of this discussion, I'm not basing this off of somebody that I'm working with right now. This is just, this is completely hypothetical, completely mm-hmm. imaginary. There are, you know, as many caveats as I can put on it, take all of those caveats and just go, okay, he's just creating a scenario here to talk it through and how to apply Colossians or Philemon. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough of the caveats, right? Yes, yep. yes. So imagine with me that a... Uh, I'm going to use a woman here. Let's imagine that a, a woman and a man are married. They have a couple kids. And he's working diligently. She wanted to stay at home. And imagine he comes home one day uh, to find out that there's a letter on the kitchen table. And that letter says, I have been unhappy for a while. I have not cheated on you. However, I was feeding my unhappiness with with one of our credit cards. And I've run up $25,000 in debt. I'm so guilty and I don't like the way this feels. I have left. The kids are upstairs. I, I, I put them to bed for a nap. You're on your own from here on out. I can't bear the guilt that I'm feeling. I can't bear the shame. And I've left and don't even try to reach me. And so let's imagine this woman now, she's going to take the, she's going to be the main character of this story. And so she's running away from her husband. 
She has left the marriage. She's all but ditched out on everything. And so he's trying to figure out how to put this together. He starts working toward paying down the debt. He, you know, is like, I don't, do I divorce her? What do I do? And so he's receiving counsel from his friends. And let's say that neither of them are believers at the beginning of the story. And let's say that he reaches out to some people in his life and he decides that he's going to, you know, accept Christ. And so he, he does so and, and tries to find it in his heart to forgive her, but he can't forgive someone he can't talk to. At least that's how he thinks. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, she's run away so far and she's now living with somebody else across the country. And uh, she's maybe even changed her identity. I'm thinking of like various TV shows I've seen like this, right? Mm-hmm. She's sort of just, she's like trying to escape her past so much and imagine you know, this person that she's living with, she's not committing to them. She's not going to be with them forever, but she's kind of just trying to figure this all out. And all of a sudden she meets somebody who loves Jesus. You know, let's say there, she's having dinner at a, or lunch at a, at a restaurant nearby. And this individual just starts sharing the gospel with her and she comes to Christ. And over the couple of weeks or months that she's coming to Christ and, and being discipled by this individual that she met, you know, at, at the restaurant or whatever, this person is, is, First off, dealing with the fact that she's living with someone she's not married to. So she gets convicted by that. So she moves out, mm-hmm. but she still has the changed identity and all this kind of stuff. And, and as the story begins to break down and they get into her past, which any good disciple maker would, would start to dig into your past a little bit, try to find out what makes you tick so they can help you think through disciple making questions and that kind of thing. She realizes I have, I have totally messed this up and she feels so overwhelmed that she heads home. And the moment that she walks through that door, she's expecting him to be maybe abusive or she's expecting him to just throw her out or whatever. But she's got this letter from this individual. Mm -hmm. And the letter just vouches for the fact that she's come to Christ. She's got a different view of things and she wants to try to make things right. And so just imagine the shaking, you know, hands of this woman as she hands this letter over and her husband, who is a new believer as well, gets the letter. And as he reads it through, he realizes, I have a decision here to make. Mm-hmm. So it's not perfect. No. But it's a good scenario. So what do you think? What are some of the ways in which he should respond right off the bat? Well, him, I mean, him being a new believer can be tricky also just because your old self is still so close, you know? Yeah. You haven't really had a ton of time to distance yourself from that old self. But there's also such richness when you're a new believer because it's just so new that it's almost intoxicating, right? Yeah, totally. And it's, like, you always use the phrase, like, oh, I'm on fire. Like, I am on fire for God. So that's also a good thing because in this, you know, made-up scenario, I mean, he maybe also has already dealt with it. Maybe he's... He's actually just forgiven her in his own heart. Um, yeah, I mean, what I what I see happening is him kind of being like, "Can I take a minute?" You know, or an angry outburst, and yeah, yeah. I mean, any of those things. Yes, he could. He could definitely start yelling or whatever. <laughs> and I and I would ex- I would see that happening before he reads the letter. I think after he reads the letter, I feel like he might have a little bit more, like, remorse or whatnot. Or compassion. Yeah. And, and I mean, I I know that he would still be extremely hurt. Sure. 
so I don't know how that would play out, you know? Yeah. Um, but I could, uh, I could very much see him being, I know, at least from my experience with the different men in my life, like they're processors. And right. so they need time. Whereas the majority of women that I know in my life are like, we need to talk this through now because if it festers, it's not good for the, me either. So right. I could see him being like, can you go get yourself a coffee Go somewhere for a little bit and let me process this with God. Totally. That's what I would really see happening. But I could also see her being like, because she's so remorseful on the like, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 like almost over the top. Yeah. Um, but I hope she would realize I just need to give him this time. And then when she returns, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know if they would end up, I mean, I feel like it would be a long time before like actual marital reconciliation. Like oh, if they're totally. back together like that, but I could see the forgiving of debts happening pretty quickly. Like those sorts of, yeah. I forgive you for hurting me, yeah. but like trusting you might be a ways down the road. Yeah. I love the idea of him taking some time to spend some time with the Lord. And so if you, if you find yourself in a forgiveness situation and you feel the flurry of emotions and all the things going on, Take a step back for a minute and just go, I totally want to forgive you. I need just some space to think this through or pray about it. You know, either come back in a little bit or sit here for a second. Let me go upstairs and just collect my thoughts and collect what I want to say. There's a lot of wisdom in that, no matter what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if you're in a, in a, in a fight with a significant other, backing away from it for a minute uh, and just talking about it with the Lord and coming to some conclusions, you're probably going to find out that you're wrong in a lot of ways, even if, even if the other person is completely wrong and you're right about that, there are still ways that you have not handled this well yeah. that sort of needs to be dealt with. So just imagine starting there and then, you know, over the next couple of weeks, rekindling the relationship slowly as you just talk things through. I think the movies would make it, you know, they, both, quicker. they both just drop everything and embrace know, and... go fix their relationship, quote unquote, or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's not real life. And, mm -hmm. and what Paul's speaking to Philemon is he's saying, if you understand what Christ has done for you, you will accept this gift, whatever it is. And, or you'll accept this person into your, your fold, or you'll, you'll understand that I will pay the debt, whatever it is. You know, and there's no room for bitterness there. There's no room for anger. You, you're going to feel all those things, and that's, that's totally a part of it. You know, but this person's still going to let you down. There's also that fear of what if they totally fail me again? Like, mm -hmm. how do I know this is real? Right. Those are all questions that yeah. you start to ask. And in the middle of that, there's this balance of the book of Colossians and Philemon saying, has Christ done this for you? And have you ever failed him again? And if you have, right. he just did it anyway. So what do you need to do then to sort of live up to that or to be what Christ has called you to be? So I read things like put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also must forgive. And you read that and you go, that's impossible. But no, that's what we're being called to mm -hmm. do. And so I imagine this scenario, the, the shame and the guilt that she's feeling. I imagine the hurt and the abandonment that he feels. Those are not going to be things that are just going to be like dealt with in five minutes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little bit of time then I would recommend that these two get counseling. Oh, yeah. Have some counsel corner with Erica times. Hey. In our imaginary scenario. <laughs> right? And they so they spend some time actually getting counsel, whether it's from a pastor or a counselor or both. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I only say that because we're not paid counselors, although, or professional counselors, I should say. But part of our job is counseling. And so mm-hmm. I even love working with a professional counselor at times where I'm working on one aspect and they're working on another and we're collaborating yeah. to help somebody out. So just imagine you're working through all of these things and all of a sudden you start to see some new growth in the relationship. And, you know, he should probably apologize and realize that there's patterns and lifestyles that he's brought into their relationship that actually drove her to want to be different than she was. And so that's what she was chasing. Mm -hmm. And so there's got to be some humility from him. There's got to be some humility from her. And when all that happens, there's this beautiful final story of redemption and beauty and, and awesomeness that we don't get in a lot of stories but we know how the Philemon story ends, right? I mean, we talk, we kind of hinted at this. Philemon shows up in other letters, which is part of the reason why we don't think this is Paul's last imprisonment. Because mm. Paul's writing to other people saying, and I've sent Onesimus, or Onesimus is here, uh, saying he came back and he was serving Paul in some way and a, and a part of that, which means Philemon followed through and did what, what Paul was asking. Uh, we don't know about the rest of what Philemon did, but... It's beauty and it's and it's glorious and it's awesome. And that's what the New Testament is full of, is all these people who understand this is what Yahweh wants from me. I'm going to follow through and do it because this life is not my own anymore. Yeah. And if we could just get Christians to think that way to start, we'd be in a totally different world. Yeah. Just realizing that as, I mean, they've said in the Bible, like you've been bought with price, like you are not your own. And even just... I think starting out a lot of things like Paul did, where he's like, mm-hmm. these are the things that are true. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't come right out and say, like, you've received grace, you've received forgiveness, but that is it. I mean, you've received all of those things. Like, Christ died knowing he, you were going to fail him because, like, he knows we're human. And he did it anyways. So, like, how much more should we put ourselves almost at the mercy of other people, regardless of how they're mm-hmm. going to respond or how they're going to treat us down the road. Cause that's the thing too, is I think we become the victim and we're like, Oh, they hurt us so badly. It's like, but you do that to other people too. Like you're not any mm-hmm. better than them. You just did it in probably a different way or have different issues or whatever it might be. We all have our, our things. Totally. So that's, yeah. that's our recap. That was a good little story, Christopher. Colossians in Philemon wrapped up for you in just a few minutes. If you want to skip the rest of the podcast and just listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We did it all for you. No. But we are excited to dive into an Old Testament book next. We are. We started in the Old Testament. We moved to the New. Now we're heading back. And we're going to intersperse that with some... Just different conversations and yep. whatnot, but but yeah, a prophetic Old Testament book. So yeah, not a pathetic, as I've heard somebody <laughs> say at one point. No, not pathetic, but prophetic. Mm-hmm. So we are eager to dive into it with you, and we hope you like what you're hearing. If you again have any questions or anything like that, reach out to us. We Please love do. hearing from you, and uh, man, we love you guys. So thanks for giving us some time. Yeah, check you out next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Yamcast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. 
We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at the Yamcast. Thank you.